Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host Neve Pentony of Boyne Ergonomics and thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I really hope that I'm able to give you some really useful practical advice that you can apply to reduce your own discomfort or to help those that you look after in the workplace. Now let's get started. So this is attempt number two at recording this episode. I actually just recorded it about an hour ago and um, apparently I didn't save it. So we're going to go again and hopefully this one goes a little bit better. So firstly, I want to apologize. There has been a bit of a gap between the last episode about sits and desks and this episode, which is going to be about keyboards. Um, the reason being that I had COVID, as you know, from the last episode, but actually while the COVID itself was fine, cheaper as the post-COVID was something else. Um, just really bad post-COVID fatigue. So I was able to keep going with my work, with my assessments and look after the kids and all the rest, but there was just no energy left for anything extra. So there was a whole pause in podcasts, blogs, social media, all that stuff just got paused because I was absolutely just too exhausted and ended up going to bed really early and having lots of naps. But um, feeling back to myself now, so delighted to be able to get back to record this because I've been researching this for a while. I think it's really useful. Um, and I really wanted to get this episode out. So let's get into it now. As I said, this episode is about DSE or computer keyboards. And why is this so important? Well, if you're not using the one that's right for you, especially given the amount of typing that we all do now compared to pre-COVID, if you're not using the one that's right for you now, you are at risk of developing an RSI or some issues in your upper limb, your elbow, your fingers, your wrist, your hand. So it is really important that the keyboard that you're using suits you, suits the space you have, suits your needs and suits the tasks. So we'll have a look now at the different types of keyboards that you can get. And like I am always asked, like people always ask me, what's the best this? What's the best that? What's the best keyboard? Look, when it comes to keyboards, the best keyboard is the one that lets you to get into a nice, relaxed typing posture. It helps you and encourages you to have a good typing technique, reduces static and dynamic muscle loads, and also caters to your needs and your task requirements. So I can't give you an answer for what the best one is. I have an opinion and I definitely have a favorite, like a lot of ergonomic specialists um, this comes up a lot among chats among ourselves. I do have a favorite, which I'll let you know at the end. But I think it's really, really important that before we even get into the different types of keyboards, I think we need to touch on what is our ideal typing position or posture and what are we looking for in our typing technique? Because if your keyboard doesn't promote these two things, then as I said, you're at risk of developing an issue. So what is our ideal typing posture or position so as I said in a previous blog post and I've said numerous times on the podcast as well when we are based at a computer workstation ideally when your shoulders are relaxed we want our elbows to be level with the work surface and this is to help reduce shoulder tension when you're typing right but this is very general advice and this is why tailored advice from an ergonomic specialist is important your ideal elbow and arm positioning, it is going to depend on the keyboard that you're using because it will differ and it can differ by a couple of centimeters. And this may not seem like much, but if you're sat at a desk for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week using your keyboard, of course, it's going to have an impact. So 
there are general guidelines, but the actual specific position will depend on the keyboard and the devices that you're using. So basically to allow for relaxed shoulders and horizontal straight forearms, which is what we're aiming for, the elbow should be level with the keyboard keys when the shoulders are relaxed and the forearm should be horizontal to the hand. So this will allow for relaxed upper limbs, especially during pauses in typing. And it'll also help with circulation because circulation is important. So it'll help with that. And as I said, this can vary by one, two, three centimeters, depending on the type of keyboard that you're using. Like if you're using a slim, low profile keyboard board versus a mechanical keyboard, that position is going to vary. And also so is your technique, which I'll get to in a few minutes. So to help maintain your nice neutral hand and wrist position when you're typing, I always recommend to you that your keyboard is kept flat or in a negative tilt. Now look, what does a negative tilt mean? This is a term, you know, what does it mean? Basically, negative tilt is when your lower keys are slightly higher than your top keys. So the top keys are actually angled slightly away from the body. And you know what? It's the opposite to what you see on most traditional keyboards. Most traditional keyboards will either have little adjustable legs on the back, so the top keys are higher than the bottom keys, or they have like a built-in angle, built-in slope that you can't adjust at all. And the reason we want to avoid this is that it can encourage extension and poor postures of the wrist. It can encourage compression of the nerves and the tendons in the hand, and it will reduce blood flow to the hand, all of which will increase your risk of developing an issue. So we want your keyboard flat or on a slightly negative tilt. And we want you to be seated at the correct height for the surface and the keyboard that you're using. Too low, too high is going to encourage poor posture, compression and reduce circulation. So, um, and also I find like I was, I will say I was on site yesterday and the day before and I've done a number of assessments on people and easily, I would say 60 to 70% were actually seated too low for the desk. Now there was reasons for this, but most people were seated too low for the desk, which meant that when they actually relaxed the shoulder, the elbows were dropping way below the surface of the desk and way below the keyboard because these guys were using um, traditional style mechanical keyboards. So the elbows are way, way below. And all this is going to do is it's going to increase tension in your shoulders. You're going to have poor elbow positioning. You're going to have contact stress off the edge of the desk. You're going to be have poor wrist postures. You're going to compress your nerves, reduce your blood flow. So what I also think is really, really common. And again, I was, I was paying special attention, I have to say, the last two days to people's typing and mouse technique because I knew I was going to be recording this today. And I wanted, like I was dealing with about 40 people and I just wanted to see what the average style was. So again, when you're typing, your hand should be in line with your wrist. So your, what I find is your middle two fingers, your ring finger and your middle finger should be straight in line with your wrist. So there's no deviation side to side, no ulnar, no radial deviation side to side. Your hands are nice and relaxed and straight. Now, I was watching people type in the last two days, easily. 85% were deviating. And the reason they were deviating is one, because of typing technique, poor typing technique, which I'll get into in a minute. But the other one was they were dropping the forearms or wrists down onto the surface of the desk and just 
tilting the wrist back, extending the wrist back and typing that way. There was no movement in the forearm. There was no movement at all. They were just deviating their hands side to side to try and reach the outlier keys. Now, all that's going to do is cause strain, inflammation of your tendons and nerves. When you are typing, again, you want your hands to be straight. The arms should be moving. So when you're typing, your wrists and forearms should actually not be in contact with any surface. Absolutely rest them down, pauses in typing. But when you're doing the actual typing, your arms should be moving your hand across the keyboard if it needs to move, depending on the version that you're using. If your hand needs to move, the arm moves the hand. Don't deviate the wrist because all you're going to do is aggravate the tendons and the nerves. But that comes from poor technique and dropping, poor positioning and dropping the forearms and the wrists down onto the table. So that is something I noticed. Um, and that kind of, that's your typing position and it brings me on to typing technique. So essentially, the more efficient and skilled we are typing, the less repetition you're going to have and the less strain you're going to have. If you're not familiar with the layout of your keyboard, or if you are not a touch typist, if you're not proficient in typing, you're going to be looking down at the keyboard more, which is going to increase repetitive adverse postures of the neck, which is going to bring on a whole set of issues and it can affect the upper limbs. We're also going to make more mistakes. And I am the queen of typing mistakes because my I would say moderate is my typing skill level. Like I finished secondary school at the, in 2001. And I'd say in that time, I done two computer classes. And then I went off to college, had to get a laptop and learn how to type and use a mouse from nothing. Nobody showed me how to type. Nobody showed me how to use a mouse. I just went off and got familiar and did it the way we all do it. But that resulted in poor typing technique because I didn't know about home keys. I didn't know about hand positioning. I didn't know that there's certain keys should be pressed by certain fingers. Knew none of that. So that resulted in what I think most people have, which is this kind of moderate level of typing where we type, we look at the screen, we glance down at the keyboard and then we look up and we see red squiggly lines everywhere because we've made loads of mistakes. Then we have to go back and fix them, which is more key strikes. And then especially if you're under pressure, you're getting stressed, you're getting tense. And of course, that is going to be felt in the fingers, wrists and arms. So poor typing technique can cause more actual key strikes because you have to fix mistakes. And it's going to cause stress and tension because we're getting annoyed that we have to go and make um, more strikes and fix these mistakes. Um, computer users who peck at the keys. So I came across this a little bit the last two days. People who don't type a whole lot and they peck at the keys. So the hands floating over the keyboard, they bend the wrist down and they type, type, type with kind of one finger, index fingers. Um, you're going to have poor neck position because you're going to be looking down. You're going to have poor wrist postures and you're going to have static loading in the forearms. Ideally, look, typing is a skill and even moderate level typists, although we can type, what I tend to find is most of us, and you can check this now, like, or check this later when you're doing a little bit of work. Where's your baby finger when you're typing? Because I find a lot of moderate level typists float the baby finger off to the side. So the baby finger is not really doing anything. It's just kind of floating there in the air, but you get static loading in the muscles that control that baby finger. So I do get a lot of people going, yeah, I have wrist pain, but it's actually, you know, it's, it's in my baby finger, which is weird because I don't do a whole lot with my baby finger. That might be the actual problem. So typing, it is a skill that is only going to improve with time and practice. It's really important that anybody using a keyboard is A, 
familiar with the layout of your keyboard. You know where the keys are. And then also familiar with the home keys, familiar with where you should have your hand, hand placement. One good way to judge it, well, I suppose this is more to do with keyboard positioning. Ideally, your B should be in line with your belly button, which is a good way to know that your keyboard's in the right position. Hand placement, appropriate hand placement, is going to allow for more improved hand posture. And I think, like, I have started to do online typing programs to try and make myself a little bit better. I don't do a huge amount of typing because I'm on the road so much, but I have started to do an online typing program just to help get me a little bit more proficient. And I think it is worthwhile investing a little bit of time in learning how to position your hand, what fingers are responsible for what keys, and invest time as well in learning keyboard shortcuts. So different programs, different operating systems have different keyboard shortcuts, but they're easily found by Googling it. So Google what the keyboard shortcuts are for Windows, Google what they are for Apple and all the rest. That can help reduce your typing, and it can also help reduce the tasks that you have to do with the mouse because some of these actually take over from some of the mouse tasks. And then there's other keyboards as well that actually have programmable keys. I cannot say that word, programmable keys. That means, again, you can reduce the amount of keystrokes and you can reduce the amount that you use the mouse. Take a little bit of time. It is really, really worth it because you're going to have better positioning, you're going to have better posture, and you're going to have less typing, which in this day and age, given how virtual everything still is, hybrid workers, everyone's typing more, everyone's using the mouse more. And that's why I think this episode's important. I think this topic is important. And I think it is important that we all try and improve our typing proficiency to make it less stressful on us. Now, that is typing posture position. That is typing technique. And that's all I'm going to say on that. The reason I wanted to kind of start with that is I'm going to jump into the different types of keyboards now. And as I said, the best type of keyboard is the one that encourages good posture and encourages good technique. So the different type of keyboards that you can use. Well, look, as I said, all ergonomics professionals have their faves and they have their go-to models for different issues and go-to models for different tasks. Now, I'm going to try and I'm going to keep this as unbiased as I can. I will not say any one type of keyboard I'm going to talk about is better or worse than the other. They all have their uses. They all have their functions. Um, but there are ones that are a little bit more ergonomic, and that's the way I'm going to say it. For me, the term ergonomic should not be applied if something's adjustable. I'm just going to, that's my opinion. So as you'll see from this, there are keyboards that are more ergonomic than others, and by being more ergonomic, they allow for better posture and better positioning. So, and I'll also say this um, podcast episode, it's not sponsored by anybody. So I will be mentioning in this episode, certain brands, makes and models. They're ones I've chosen by myself. No one's asked me to. And I've picked them because I've used them and I like them. Or I have recommended them to people who have given me great feedback on the issues that they were having. So nobody has asked me to include it, their um, keyboard in this because obviously no one knows I'm doing it. It's not sponsored at all. So I'm going to start with the one that we're most familiar with, which is what I would call your standard external external QWERTY keyboard. There are other layouts available for keyboards. Like you can get the door, I can't say Dorak, Dorak layout and the Azerty layout, which is just different placement of the keys. But QWERTY is the official keyboard standard layout under ISO. And it's the one that we're most familiar with. Like this is the one you'll find in most English speaking countries. 
when we were given keyboards first in education or the work setting, this is the one we will have been given. Your standard QWERTY keyboard with the hotkeys and the number pad on the right hand side. So this is the one we see the most. It's the one we're most familiar with. And for most people, there's no problem with this keyboard. Most people can use this keyboard absolutely fine. But I have definitely noticed that because of the increased time spent at the desk and because of the increase in typing, more people, I'm finding definitely anecdotally in my own experience, more people are having issues with this kind of layout. And it is a lot of it is to do with mouse placement. So because the hotkeys and the number pad is on the right hand side, and if you're right handed and using the mouse with the right hand side, it means that you have to reach to use your mouse if you have this keyboard positioned correctly for use. So it means that the shoulders abducted, the arms away from the body, the hand is reaching to the mouse, you have extra stress on that right hand side. And this is causing a problem in places where I feel it wouldn't have caused a problem pre-COVID. Um, but as I said, it's fine for the general population. My other issue though with this keyboard is that most of them either have a built-in positive slope or they have little legs on them that people put up and create the slope. Like ideally, if I'm being really specific, you don't really want the top kind of three row of keys to be any higher than three centimeters from the desk. In this style of keyboard, I will preface with that because there are other style of keyboards where this will be the case, but in this style of keyboard, because if you do that, you're gonna have wrist extension when you're typing, you're gonna be bending that hand back, compressing the tissues and the vessels. So we don't want that. So if you have this style of keyboard, I always encourage to put the legs down if you can. If it's adjustable, put it down flat to help with the wrist positioning. Um, the other thing I'd say, there are left-hand versions available. I've never come across, now this, I'm kind of around 12 years or so, I have never come across a left-handed keyboard as standard in a workplace where the hotkeys and the number pads on the left-hand side, unless I've recommended it or another professional has recommended it. You normally always see the right hand one. Now, in hindsight, when these keyboards were being designed, I'm sure they thought it was a great idea putting all that stuff on the right hand side. But in hindsight, having it on the left actually makes more sense and would have been better because you're splitting the workload a little bit more between the left and the right arm and the left and the right hand. But it's the right hand one you see the most. Um, the other thing I will say about this type of keyboard is that. While I have said, ideally, it should be flat, there is a use for the little legs that put it on a positive slope. If for whatever reason, whether it's a limitation with the chair, whether it's a limitation with the desk design or whether it's a limitation with the user, there are situations where the person sitting at the workstation cannot get the chair, cannot get themselves into the position whereby the elbows are level with the surface or with the keyboard when the shoulders relaxed. So this is normally in a case where the person can't get high enough. So when they relax the shoulder, they're seated as best they can. But when they relax the shoulder, the elbow is dipping down under the table. Now, in this situation, I would always recommend, well, I would normally change the main equipment to try and get it. But if we can't change it for whatever reason, I would recommend person sits back, pulls the keyboard to the edge of the desk, let the shoulders relax, let the elbow drop, put the legs on the keyboard and then you get a nice straight line, slightly angled, but it's still a nice straight line and a nice straight wrist 
when you're typing because the positive slope allows you to relax the shoulder and have a nice straight arm. This is very rare and I would normally look to change whatever the limiting issue is. But if we can't, that's where I find the little legs come in handy. Other than that, I say flatten them down. And that's just, and as I said, that's just standard keyboard. I'm not going to get into switch keys and membranes and all that kind of stuff, the, the technical aspects of these keyboards, because I don't think it is of any use to the people that I want to get value from this episode. So as always, my advice is always targeted to the user or the person who's providing the equipment. I love reading Like I like reading about all the different technical aspects of keyboards, but I just don't think it's going to be of any use to yourselves. That's your standard keyboard. The next one I'm going to talk about is the compact QWERTY keyboard. So it has a similar layout, has your QWERTY layout, but what's missing is the number pad and the hotkeys on the right or left hand side. So because of this, they're smaller, they're lighter and they're more portable. They are really good for small workstations if you're kind of limited for space. They're great for remote workers because they're portable. You can just pop them in the laptop bag and off you go. And they are great for people who are having issues with the right upper limb and they're right handed because it means that you can have your mouse naturally positioned closer to your body on the right hand side. However, the downside is some people really, really like and really get great use out of the number pad. So and they use it for the job, especially like in accounts and that kind of thing where you're dealing with a lot of numbers. Some people really like the number pad. So they avoid this kind of keyboard because it has no number pad. What I will say is you can get separate number pads. They essentially just look like little calculators and you can pop it on the left hand side. So you could still use a compact keyboard, get yourself a separate number pad, pop it on the left hand side. You've got better mouse positioning. You've got a portable keyboard. Then you have your number pad that you can use on the left to kind of give your left hand a little bit of work to do and take some of the work off the right hand. Um, if you want to look up examples of a compact keyboard, there's loads. So many of them available now, especially over the last two years. But um, two models that I, I would have and I've tried and liked are the Logitech K380 and the Kensington multi-device dual wireless compact keyboard. Those are two that I like. Jellycomb also do a version as well. That's really lovely to type on. Um, and there is another version. I have a picture of it on my website where the numbers are kind of like old keyboard keys. It's kind of, I won't call it a novelty keyboard because it's fully functional. It does its job, but it's slightly different. Um, wouldn't recommend that personally for me for general use i find it really difficult to type on um you're much better to stick with a more traditional one otherwise um you'll just get yourself stressed and kind of extra tension in the hands but those are compact keyboards um the next one i'm going to call talk about is your fixed split keyboard these are most commonly termed ergonomic keyboards i have a slight issue with that i'll get to that later but generally fixed split keyboards you can get them full size with the number pad you can get them in a smaller size with no number pad the aim of it is to encourage better form and wrist posture because the keys are angled to promote better positioning and they're also slightly tented in the middle in some models they're slightly tented in the middle so you've got less pronation less twist in the forearm so less stress on the on the forearm and the elbow when you're typing um they're good. I will say a lot of people, if you want to look them up, um, look up the Logitech K860 or the Microsoft Sculpt. Microsoft Sculpt 
is one I see a lot. And a lot of people really, really like it. And they also have a slight negative tilt in that the top keys are slightly higher, or sorry, the bottom keys are slightly higher than the top keys. And a lot of them, again, will come in a wrist pad, um, or wrist pad, palm rest, sorry. I hate them, we call wrist pads. Palm rest for you to put your palms when you're resting in between typing. A lot of people find them very good. I have no issue with them. You know, um, I recommend them. I got great feedback on them. My only concern with them is the use of the term ergonomic. And I will explain that later to a little bit more. To me, ergonomic means adjustable. Again, as I've said, that's my personal opinion. These are fixed. So their position cannot be changed. While they do offer a better arm posture and less pronation, and they have tenting and they have the slight negative tilt and they are good and they have their uses they're not adjustable however the next one i'm going to get on to sliding in there is the adjustable split keyboard so this is the same idea you, the keys can be split apart the modules of the keyboard can be split apart they can be angled they can be tented like the other fixed the keyboard but the difference is the position can be changed because they are adjustable. So you can have different degrees of tenting to suit yourself, to reduce pronation. You can position the keyboard modules further apart so that it helps to keep the keyboard arm in line with your shoulder. You can play around with it and you can have it in different positions for different days, different positions for different tasks. To me, these are ergonomic because they're adjustable and they suit a range of issues. The difference for me between the fixed split and the adjustable split keyboard that I get in terms of feedback from users is a lot of people find the move from a standard keyboard to a fixed split keyboard easier and quicker. Whereas um, some people find the move from a standard keyboard to an adjustable keyboard, a split keyboard, there's a little bit more of a learning curve, but you know, it's worth it personally for me, it's worth it um, just because of the range of adjustability and the better positioning that you get with it. If you want to look up this style of keyboard, if you look up the Kinesis Freestyle 2, the Gold Touch V2 and Go2 or the Ergodox keyboard, they are good examples of an adjustable split keyboard. The next style you can get is one called a contoured keyboard. I don't see this a whole lot. Um, and I have recommended them into people in, in combination with other styles of keyboards as an option. Very few people go for it. The design is a bit radical. I think maybe that's the problem. I think the design is so different from standard keyboard that people are just wary and don't really want to get into it. And also they can be quite expensive. So in terms of a cost, that can be a limiting factor as well. Basically a contoured keyboard, it's a type of split keyboard, it's fixed. The keys are set in depressions on the keyboard. The function keys are around the thumb area, so they're called thumb clusters, and the actual keyboard well is tented. So again, you're really aiming to reduce advert postures. Most of them have programmable functions, so you can reduce your repetition and you can reduce your tension. If you want to look up a good example of this keyboard, the key Kinesis Advantage 2 is a good one. And the thing is, they do do what they say on paper. They do improve positioning. They do um, reduce stress. But I think for some people, the cost and the design is a little bit off-putting. Um, the next type that I'm going to cover is the keyboard with an integrated trackball 
or an integrated touchpad. These are for people who basically want to do away with the mouse. They want the keyboard to do everything. They want the keyboard to be for data input and for mouse navigation. Two models, if you want to look up, there's a few, but if you want to look up two for a good example of them, one is the Logitech KP400, which has a, a mouse pad, a touchpad, where you would have your numbers normally on the right-hand side. Another one is the Adesso Trueform Media 3150. I have tried both of these. I have both of these and I do use them. And look, they are good. If you are having issues with using a mouse, and if, because there are, well, I'll cover in the next episode, um, different types of, of mice that can be placed, mice devices, pointing devices that can be placed in front of the keyboard. But if you want an all-in-one solution, these are good options. Um, I have a couple of people who really like the Adesso one with the little trackball in the middle. The keys are angled slightly so, and you have a little palm rest and it's, it's slightly angled as well. And I have people who love the Logitech KP400. Um, they have their functions and they're really, really useful. Definitely something to be considered. I wouldn't write them off. It's definitely something to be considered as an option for you if you are looking to change your keyboard and mouse. Maybe you just need the one device. Depends very much on yourself and your job, but definitely ones to be considered. The last one I'm going to cover, and I'm going to cover it specifically because I've got recent feedback from somebody on this style of keyboard, and it is a large print keyboard. So this is a standard style keyboard, but it's aimed for computer users with visual impairment or low visual acuity. They have larger keys and larger high contrast print. So it means that you can improve the visibility and you can improve your typing accuracy. So I recommended a keyboard like this to someone recently. And they got back to me to say that it has changed how they work. So this person was having issues with their vision. They There, were, there was issues with the neck. There was issues with the shoulder. You know, there's a few issues going on. But a lot of it was to do with the stress and the tension of trying to do the job with the current equipment because it was not suitable for their needs. They were making mistakes and they were getting frustrated. It was getting them behind. There was a whole vicious circle around this. So we swapped it to a large print keyboard. And she got back in touch to say that more so than the visibility, it was the large keys with improved accuracy. So, for example, she, pretty good level typist, but she knew where the keys were, but she just was finding she was hitting the wrong one. So the larger keys have helped. Um, and this can also come into play for people with, with kind of... Um, issues with, with fine motor movements as well the, the larger keys can help improve accuracy if you want to look up an example of these i would look up the dolphin keyboard and the easy c large print there are a few versions available but these are two that i know and i've seen and they're quite good so those are the different styles i'm covering as i said i'm not getting into the technical aspect of membranes versus split keys and that kind of thing these are just different kinds of keyboards that have, are available for use by you or by your employer employees at the workstation and the one that suits best for them is going to depend on them and what they do and where they do it and the space they have and all these different things there's many keyboards that are referred to as ergonomic like you see the term ergonomic tagged onto so many pieces of equipment but as i've said for me if it's not adjustable it's not ergonomic and it doesn't mean that your standard keyboard or your compact keyboard or your fixed split keyboard are not good of course they are they're suitable for a lot of different people. They have their uses, they have their functions, and they're used by a lot of people without any issue. That's great. But as everything in ergonomics, 
the suitability of a piece of equipment like a keyboard is directly related to what you do, the environment it's done, and the needs of the person doing the task. So if we try to answer what's the best keyboard, I can't give you a straight answer because it's different for everyone. But what I will say is for me personally, my opinion is that the Kinesis Freestyle 2 and the Gold Touch are the best keyboards and they're my favorite keyboards purely based on adjustability and typing comfort and i find in my over the last number of years these have been the ones that have been given me the most positive feedback from people and um, once you get over the slight learning curve less stress on the muscles better positioning programmable keys like these are the ones i get the most positive feedback on there have been other keyboards where it's been and it can be trial and error like with everything ergonomic it can be trial and error but these are the ones that have given me the most positive feedback from people and these are the ones myself that i like to use i will personally use a compact keyboard when i'm doing my assessments because i want to take notes and i need a little bit more space and my workstation is quite small however if i'm going to type quite a lot if i'm getting into a lot of document work i will pull out the freestyle too and that's the one i'll use because i find it more comfortable and i will tent it a little bit and i will separate it a little bit to get my positioning better and i find that gives me the least amount of stress as i said i'm a moderate typer i make a decent amount of mistakes and i can get tension in my hands sometimes especially when i'm getting frustrated so that's my opinion it's not a fact it's just an opinion and it's what i found over the years what i am going to be talking about in the next episode then we're going to go on to computer mice or mouses i'm never really sure how to term it but that's what we're going to be covering so again like this episode i'm going to look at mouse posture going to look at mouse use and then i'm going to look at the different types of mouse that you can get for use on the computer um because as always it's not one that suits everybody thank you so much for listening to this and as always you can find me online at boynergonomics.ie and if you want to have a look at some of the keyboards i mentioned in this i do have a blog post up there that has got images of a lot of the keyboards that i mentioned if you want to just jump on there and check them instead of uh, googling them all to see what they look like and um, that's boynergonomics.ie as always i can be contacted on info at boynergonomics.ie i'm on instagram at boyne underscore ergonomics if you want to follow me there i often i post regularly different tips and advice the same on my Twitter, which is Neve underscore Pentony. And listen, if you, as I said before, if there's a topic or an issue you want me to cover, just get in touch. I'll add it to the list. And because I do want this to be useful and I do want listeners like yourselves to be able to get something from it. So if there's something you want me to cover, just get in touch. Otherwise, the next episode is going to be in two weeks' time. Until then, stay safe, stay well. And I will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you so much again for listening.